Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. We've got a short one. One of the things I failed to mention in the podcast today is that last week in the middle of the podcast, I interrupted JV and said, listeners, would you pray for our process of searching for an associate pastor? I bring you exciting news. We found an associate pastor. God did it wonderfully, magnificently. He brought us uh, somebody uh, quite unexpectedly, the way it all unfolded. And on um, May 15th, our associate pastor, Lord willing, unless providentially hindered, our new associate pastor will be with us on May 15th. Can't wait for you to meet him. Uh, More details coming about his name, who he is, uh, all of that very soon. But thanks for listening to the podcast today. I think you're going to love it. It's a, it, it packs a punch. It's a shorter one. So sit back, enjoy. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Good morning. Welcome to the podcast. What's up, JV? Good morning, Freddie. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? I'm oh, doing good. I wish everybody could see you right now. I can take now. my glasses off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to read. Now I have to put my glasses back on trying to read that little bitty screen this morning. It's, it's, it's JV, happy Tuesday. Did you, I know, I don't think you did. Did you see uh, Will Smith punch Chris Rock? So I did not. Rachel brought it to my attention. He slapped that occurred. Him. He didn't punch him. He slapped him. Yeah, he slapped him. All I want to say about it, all I want to say about it, we're not going to go on endless, useless commentary. Oh, praise Jesus. All I want to say about it is the way Chris Rock took the slap, absorbed it, and continued on with the show was an amazing picture of meekness. Meekness. Jesus said, the meek shall inherit the earth. I'm not trying to make a commentary on whether or not Chris Rock is a believer. I'm just saying the way he responded to that slap was incredibly meek, and I was very impressed. So if you're confused what Freddie's talking about, please don't go look it up. Count yourself ignorance is bliss on this one. Just just search Will Smith on Twitter and click on videos, and you'll see the video of the Oscars. Don't do that. How was your Sunday, Freddie? Oh, glorious. Glorious. Another high attendance Sunday. Dude, we broke another record. Praise God. There were 692 people gathered to worship Jesus. Almost over 100 kids, 70 babies. Praise God, Jesus is building his church. Babies. We'll get into the babies later this morning. What a privilege. What a privilege. It is. The whole thing. All right. Well, So if you are catching up with us, we've already jumped into the Monday morning, Sunday night brain dump. Uh, that was the top line <laughs> of the brain dump was another record attendance this week. I sent it out Monday. Yep. You did. You Monday sent it out morning, yesterday. Not yes, Sunday you night. Did. Mm-hmm. I was sure thinking did. about it Sunday night. Uh, well, we had an elder meeting Sunday night. We had an elder meeting Sunday night. We had our night. directional elder meeting. It was a great meeting. Directional elder meeting. It, it went uh, for a couple hours, and you started off that meeting and said, what was the best thing that you experienced either this Sunday or the last week? Yeah, and do you I remember what you I said? That. You may uh, not remember. I'll tell you what I no. said. No. What did you say? I said your number two, number three thing on the brain dump, which was watching uh, a, yeah. a, a man... Uh, approach the stage altar, whatever you want to call it, at the eight thirty service at the end, and getting on his knees in tears, yes. and that was that is that was enough for me to become emotional. <laughs> yeah. But to watch his whole family one by one yeah. get on their knees yeah. and put it put their hand on him and pray with him was just so 
powerful and incredible, humbling, inspiring for this guy right here. Yeah, well, I'm glad. You know, it's, I mean, the scripture actually commands us to bow down and kneel before our maker. And so as much as I love to see it, man, like, let's do it more. Like, let's, JV, as an elder, model that for the congregation. You're not going to peer pressure me. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, it's great. What did you get out of it? You, you wrote the brain dump. Yeah. Tell me a couple nuggets. Well, there's so much. Uh, let there me scan is. through it here and see. Uh, you know, Greg Hayes, uh, I don't know if you know Greg or not, but I, mean, yeah, I know you know Greg. I don't know if our listeners, uh, those that are listening, know Greg. But Greg manages our pour-over coffee station. That would be the coffee station to the right as you're entering into the city forum. That's exactly right. And he recently asked us, hey, what do you think about me ordering this little espresso machine? So I loved the initiative. Initiative is a great mark of leadership. And uh, and we told him, happy for you to do it if you recruit and train someone else to work the table with you, leaning into our value, equip and empower. So for us as a church, Jonathan, as ministry team leaders, it's not so important that we get the job done. What's important is how we get the job done. And so as leaders, God calls us to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So we just want to see people being equipped and empowered all through the church. We want to resist that old 80-20 rule where 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Great. Yeah, man. You want to say it one more time? Equip and empower and Equip initiative. and empower is our value. It's one of our four values. And I just, I, I loved Greg's initiative. So pop over, give him an attaboy, and see who he's training up over there. And if he's not training anybody up this Sunday, say, Can I hey, help? Hey, Freddie said you were supposed to be training somebody up. <laughs> and, can, and can I help? Can I learn how to do it? How yeah, if you're interested, yeah, pull a little shot of espresso. Do a little pour over coffee. He made some uh, English breakfast tea uh, over there some, Sunday. Some of my favorite. I, I sipped some tea. It was really good. Yeah, man, we got Easter coming up. Easter's going to be awesome. Quick little note for Easter. As many people that can come to the 8 a.m. worship service, would you plan to come? Your Easter will be a lot better if you get up and get after it and come to Easter at 8. Uh, but we won't have child care at the 11. No child care at the 11. Sam failed to mention that Sunday. We're going to have an 8 a.m., a 9.30 a.m., and an 11 a.m. worship service. But no child care. Reason being is... You have to tear down before. Right. And the city forum will probably be closed on Easter, but we want to have a good dry run in case we ever go to that third service just to see how does this go, you know, in terms of breakdown, tear down, all of that. Kind of see how where and how people scatter. And So one more time. Uh, Easter is in... Well, we're recording this on Tuesday. Palm Sunday is in a week and a half. So in about yep. two and a half yep. weeks, Easter. Yep. Three services, 8 o'clock in the morning, Madison yep. Room, 9.30 yep. in the morning, at the medicine room, 11 o'clock, but 11 o'clock has no child care. No real-life babies, no real-life kids. And don't forget, the week after Easter, we have the Sunday after Easter party. Jonathan, have you ever been? My, to my little girl was baptized yes. last year on the yes. week you after know, Easter. Yes. You know, I lose track of, like, we, we've been out on the land a couple of different times, and one of the times was for the Sunday after Easter party, and one of the times was, like, for our birthday. So That's I forget right. who was baptized on which days, you know. I think you still had your ox. Did you have your oxygen tank last year? I think you did. Maybe not. I was running. I just take. I don't Taking know. it off. Yeah. yeah. It was right yeah. after that. Yeah. yeah. I was <laughs> breathing heavy. You guys pray for my lungs for about two weeks. At the end of every day, at the end of every work day, I feel pretty winded. Okay. I got to have some. I got to have a little. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm talking too much. 
You just need to shut up. I'll, I'll talk more today. Uh, so again, that's the week after Easter. It's, it's, Cox a, it's a big, it's a big day. Uh, we'll be on the land uh, and plan for that. Easter, Palm Sunday, the week after Easter. There's lots of wonderful, exciting events. time. Kids Very are singing exciting. on Palm Sunday. That's right. My yeah. kids were super excited about singing. They're a little nervous. They said, "Yeah, just Good. a little nervous." That's great. That's yeah. great. And you're like, I know. That's why I felt when I preached. Oh, no, I wasn't nervous at all. (laughs) (laughs) All right, anything else on the the brain dump? Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's good, man. Looking forward to digging in with you this morning, but before that, let's take a break. Are you on social? Are you on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all all the spots? Did you know that Real Life is on all those platforms and we send out amazing recap videos from every Sunday. They're inspirational. They help you carry Sunday with you. Did you know that I write out regular devotionals and that I push them out on my Facebook page? We just want to help you stay connected. So if you're on social, follow us today on Facebook. Follow me today on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, and you'll get all the latest info in real time at Real Life. Okay, Jonathan, one thing I failed to mention about the Sunday, the after uh-huh. Easter, the after Easter, uh, what, the Sunday after Easter party is that it starts at 10 a.m. on the land. There'll be food trucks. So some people may not have come. There'll be food trucks. Um, if you bring a friend to Easter and it's their first Sunday with us, we'll give them a voucher for free lunch the week after at the food trucks. But at 10 a.m. on the land, it's going to be awesome. Week after Easter. Pray for no rain. No rain. We'll JV, talk. what you got, man? When was the last time you felt like a child, Freddie? That I felt like a child? <laughs> I didn't say act like a child. Maybe I should say, when was the last time you acted like a child? <laughs> oh, look at you. You're clever. <laughs> uh, so which question do you want me to answer? <laughs> How about act? I'd like to hear uh, this one. That I acted like a child? I'd have to think about it. I don't know. I, I say I, on the I acted like a child on Friday. I uh, you did. Yeah, I had a little this little breakdown, mm. just self pity party, and yeah, it was uh, it was not pretty. Yeah, at all. Shake it off. I acted like a child. Shake it off. I guess it happens, doesn't it? It happens recently more often than it should. Yeah, yeah. I acted like a child. I've probably whined to Susan like a child in the last week and a half. Okay, I can't pinpoint the moment, but. I hope the podcast listeners are running through their mind of when they acted like a child most recently. I think we all do. But what does that mean? Well, I think we're going to dig into that today just briefly about what it is about being a child or maybe acting childish. But before we get there, let's treasure some children. That's yeah. what you kind of talked that about was, on Sunday. That was one of the big ideas from the sermon. Yeah, yes. you treasure children. We're not going to... So on the podcast, we're going to try to stray away from just reliving what you spoke about if you want to live, if you want to listen to the sermon, there's all kinds of ways to do that, including probably the podcast right before this one. Um, you can re-listen to the sermon um, from Sunday. But what we'd like to do is just kind of expound on the thoughts of the scripture and what you brought out, which is what God said, why Jesus said you should come to Him like a child. Mm-hmm. What in the world do you think He meant? Because nobody wants to be childish. Yeah, yeah, a childlike faith. A childlike faith. Uh, kids believe more easily, naturally, than adults. So I, in both services, I pulled a kid up and I did the guess which you know hand behind my back and 
most adults. Can I like, interrupt for a second? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, hold your thought. No, it's great. So Nella said, because at 8.30, I said, Nella, you go up. Nella, you go up. Yeah. And she's like, huh, uh, and then Parker ended up uh-huh. going up. And she <laughs> says, you know what, Daddy? Because, you know, I'm fairly tricky and a little bit yeah. sarcastic. Yeah. She said, you would have put it in your pocket, too. But I think he had money in both hands. So the question is, did you have money in both hands? No. Oh, he did not. No, I only had money on. But that's faith like a child. Yeah. Like what Nella just said is a child trusting her pastor that he wasn't going to pull one over on somebody. So, So her instinct was to trust in the goodness, you know. So, you know, the Bible, there's a lot of difficult things to believe. You know, I rattled several of those off at the end of the sermon. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, you know, just just believing in the supernatural for for a lot of people is very very difficult because they can't see they can't see it all the time. We don't, you know. So, in order to believe that God exists, that requires faith. In order to believe the majority of the Bible, it requires faith, and faith can be difficult for people. But Jesus said what he requires is the kind of faith, you know, kids trust older people. They trust older people. Uh, you know, that's why, that's why, like, we tell kids, don't talk to strangers, right? Don't talk to strangers. Why? Because we know if we don't tell them that, they'll trust a stranger, you know? Uh, so Jesus just simply, Jesus just simply points to something that, like, all adults inherently know. Like, we all know that. Like, anybody that observes life and watches how children act, they know that there's a, a simplicity about their faith that comes easily. That's why we tell kids, don't, trust, don't talk to strangers. And Jesus is just saying, trust your father like that. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't, don't overanalyze it. Don't, don't what if it. Don't, you know, just trust. And so, you know, Part of that is just fixing our eyes on him, on the character of you know who he is. Um, I think, Jonathan, I think it's 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 healthier to just kind of turn the turn the tables on someone else and like let's assume let's assume well of course we ought to trust like a child. So then ask people, um, why is it difficult for you to trust like a child? Not in a not in a condemning kind of a way, but almost in a provocative kind of way to ask the question, why is it difficult for you to trust like a child? What is it, what is it about faith and what is it about God that makes it difficult for you to trust him like a child? Do, do, you, re- do, you, do, you, do you find it easy to trust the Lord like a child? I'm going to give you a long answer to your simple question. <laughs> uh, so when Susan does that, Jonathan, <laughs> I usually interrupt her and say, it was a yes or no question, sweetheart. That's why I. Uh, <laughs> that's why I preface that I'm going to give you a long answer so you wouldn't interrupt me. Uh, so you know, one thing I've been really hit recently with is reading scripture in context. Sometimes we like to pull out certain verses that we like because it makes us feel good. Or context like, is king. That's why it's written in Bible interpretation. Context is king. That's right. So don't read a verse. Read a whole letter if it's Ephesians, if you can, but at least read a chapter or two chapters. If you if you, someone points you to a verse, which you have many times, that's what your job is as a pastor, but when, when someone brings you a verse, make it your opportunity to go back and read that whole chapter and see what it says. And I think we've we got to get a running start into Luke 18 last week. Just phenomenal, phenomenal story, phenomenal um, sermon, I thought, about being 
broken, the tax collector and the Pharisee, and you went through all that. I'm not going to relive it. But the point of that is that's the story. That's the parable right before we get to this week and how the Pharisee brought things in his hands. And, and to answer your question, why is it hard? Well, because we've done so much for God. We <laughs> have learned so much about God. We think we've done so much We've for God. gone to community groups. <laughs> we have gone and fed the poor. We have gone on mission trips at least once in a fairly cool place. Uh, we have so much to offer God, and we forget that we have nothing to really offer God but yeah. to trust Him and to have faith yeah, yeah. in Him. Sure. That when He created us, He created us in a way in which he created us to trust him and trust him alone. So is what I'm hearing you say is that our instinct is to do things for God rather than to trust God? Is, it, is that what you're trying to say? At least, yeah, I okay. think so. I, well, I think for sure when we do things for God, yeah. we want to bring them to him and say, look what I've done or look who I am. Yeah, well, I see a lot of people doing things for God because they trust him, like a childlike faith. And that is the tension from last week yeah. of justification, sanctification. Sure. And that's going to be the tension, I think, today, as we talk about how the Bible says, the New yeah. Testament with yeah. Paul um, and the author of Hebrews says, yeah. don't be childish. Jonathan, Don't be childish. For me, for me, sometimes it's the bigger things that's easier to trust God with a childlike faith. So, like, when we moved to New York City, we weren't moving to New York City to impress God or to do something amazing for him, per se, we sensed a genuine call, and it was so easy to trust God. We had to raise over $100,000, and Jonathan, it was 2008. You remember, you know. But it was 2008. I mean, the whole economy was falling through, and I didn't even (laughs) talk about trusting the Lord like a child. I didn't even know any better. I mean, I didn't know any better to doubt God. You know, like, so the economy's falling through, and... So, you know, he's never, he's never failed me yet, you know, and so, so we sold everything that we had and moved to a foreign city, pregnant with twins, with a almost two-year-old, you know, and everything about our life was different, and, and I would have been living in my mother-in-law's basement if God had not provided the finances, you know, so for us, like that big thing, trusting God with childlike faith was easy. Sometimes it's the smaller things. What do you think that is? Uh, I th- I think it's because the smaller things are sometimes easier to control. There you go. Yeah. I think I think yeah, it's perfect because yeah. we can control what pride, we can't control. We which don't is, trust, which is an instinct of pride. That's right. Because yeah. we can and we don't need God. Let me handle my part, and then when I really can't handle it, I'll just get it over to you. You know how many times do you hear somebody that's just in a deep environment of despair? Yeah. And you you've mentioned this when yeah. you were on the in your in the intensive care unit at Vanderbilt last year. When you didn't have yeah. anything, anybody, you yeah. had potentially no other thing, medicine to take care of your situation, you said, worst time ever in your life, but one of the, you yeah. said last week, yeah. one of the most, um, one of the best parts of your life that you could just completely trust in God and God alone. It was God was so near. JV, what, uh, can you think of a time in your life where you trusted God with childlike faith? Oh, I think there's probably plenty of times, and I think most of those times, um, to be real transparent, yes. I, I became an attorney in 2000 after four years of law school at night uh, and working during the day. It was just problematic. Moved to my first house, 
uh, about a year later, and uh, it was a dramatic change of environment for yes. me to become a pr- private practice attorney. Yes, doing family law and sh- you know juvenile law, and you know it's just it was just difficult. And um, I remember in two thousand and two, on my knees in tears because I could not mentally or emotionally get myself off the floor, and and that's when you just say. I got nothing else. Yeah, and, and that's yeah, the sad yeah. part is it takes those moments, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, that yeah. we should be in the other <laughs> moments, we should be reaching out to God and trusting him, not blindly, because yeah. he never asks us to do it blindly. Because yeah. he's always showing evidence of himself yes. to us. But we should come to him in childlike faith. Well, if if we don't choose today to get on our knees before the Lord, we'll find ourselves broken tomorrow on our knees before the Lord. Because, because you know, what is God doing? Well, the Scripture says that he gives grace to the humble and he opposes the proud. So what does God do in this morning? He's opposing the proud. He's, he's coming against the proud. What is he doing this morning? He's exalting the humble. And that's the, that's the way that God insists on relating to his creatures. You opened up the conversation by saying, when have you been childish? When have you acted like a child? And you weren't referring to faith. What were you trying to get at? I was trying to be cute and oh. funny. I was just trying to get us to think about yeah. what this word child or childish means. Yeah. So you went right out of the sermon into your community group. That's right. And and so you you mentioned the tension. The tension. Between childlike God, Jesus, faith Jesus saying to be and a, childish acting. That's right. So what did you guys land on in your community group? How about we take a break and we'll come down to that? Sounds like a great idea. All right. Let's take a break. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday in real life. We believe God has put you in the neighborhood and in the job and at the ballpark or at the gym, right where he wants you to influence and invite others into his story, into a relationship with him. So here's today's challenge. Text a friend right now. Stop what you're doing. Send them a message and invite them to join you at real life this Sunday. Who knows? Maybe it'll be their first step into a relationship with God. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday at Real Life. So text that friend today. So right out of the sermon, we step into a community group at 10 o'clock in the lounge, um, the bowling lounge. And I had, it's, sometimes it's fun because I have to take your scripture, which or God's scripture in your sermon. You got to clean it up. <laughs> no, no, no. No, not you got to clean up the not mess. Not at all. Sometimes I know what you're preaching on. I did not ask. I didn't know if yes. he was going to go off Luke, so I did study right. these verses. But you you threw us a curveball, which I love, and that was you took this childlike faith story out of Luke, and then you threw 1 Corinthians 13, which if you've ever been to a wedding, you know what that is. That's the love chapter. And then you also took us to Hebrews 5. Hebrews is just, if you want to try to dig into God's Word just a little deeper, which we'll say here in a second, pick up the book of Hebrews. It is just a wonderful thing, especially at this time of the year where it talks a lot about God being our high priest yeah. and all that. So uh, so I stepped into community group with the tension. I felt tension of Jesus says, come to me with like a child juxtaposed or, or contentious with Paul saying um, in First Corinthians, you, you, talk, you spoke like a child. You, you've acted like a child. Don't be a child anymore. Yeah, when I became a man, I put childish things aside. And yeah. the author of Hebrews goes even deeper and just says, but solid food is for the mature, for those who sense, for those 
whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil, that you have to get off milk and get onto solid food. Don't quit being a child. So there was the tension that yeah. I faced yeah. with like, I don't know, 20 of them looking at me yeah. in the Bowen Lounge. So and um, and so I don't know, how would you answer that? What's yeah. the tension there and, and how do we resolve that? Yeah, it's great. I, I love trying to take these big concepts and boil them down into real simple, easy to digest statements. And I think what I would just simply say is that the emphasis uh, that Paul's given in 1 Corinthians 13 and the author of Hebrews is given in Hebrews 5 is that as we mature and as we grow out of childish ways, uh, part of that maturity is growing in our ability to understand God's Word. Uh, so we read it, we contemplate it, we study it, we listen to it, and we grow in it. So next year, we shouldn't be at the same place that we are this year. Um, so in the same way that as your kids progress in school, you expect them to understand their subjects better. It's the same way. God's just expecting growth, not stagnation uh, in God's word. And so he was rebuking the, the author of Hebrews was rebuking the people for not growing in their understanding of God's word. So perhaps through neglect, perhaps through the lack of curiosity, perhaps just through not reading, digging in. The In 1 Corinthians 13, I think, goodness, I think it's kind of an umbrella over over our attitudes, over our actions, over the way we think, over the you know, the way we treat people, you know, it's, it, it's kind of everything that there's a natural progression in the Christian life where we should increasingly be more godly in our attitudes and actions. So I think three, three areas that we don't need to act like a child in, uh, our attitudes, uh, our actions, and our understanding of God's Word. In each of those, we should be progressively growing and maturing. Um, but as we dig into God's Word, and as we discover, wow, there's some crazy things that happen in God's Word. Wow, there are some radical steps of obedience that God is calling me to in His Word. We should respond to those with childlike faith. I, I, I'm listening to a podcast um, recently, actually, end of last week and this weekend, and, and it talked about how the Jewish thought, so if a Jewish person read the Word of God and got to a place where he or she was stumped just was completely would not understand. His point was maybe in the West, Western culture we would be frustrated, but they actually would celebrate and mm-hmm. jump up and down because <laughs> they came to a point of Scripture where God was going to reveal his truth to them, something they did not understand. And so I think in closing, I think it was really good. Community group, we, we broke the tension to say you come to Jesus with childlike faith, but you act and you learn and you study and like a mature and a mature adult. Yeah. And I think 14 says very clearly, uh, I'm a word geek and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end on this, is that it says, for those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. It takes us back to Genesis 2, I believe, of distinguishing between the knowledge of good and evil and what Adam and Eve ate from the fruit. But that word trained is the word we get the word gymnasium from. It means to exercise naked. That's kind of the root of that word because they wore loincloths and all that back in the day. And I, and I would say, to try to put the two together, Fred, is that when we come to God, we have nothing to bring to him but trust in him. And that as we train ourselves, we train ourselves naked. 
we bring nothing other than what God's going to give us in his word, and we can trust him that we can obey to what we understand. So don't bring something to the table. Train naked. Train with trusting in him. <laughs> I think the sentence, you know, John Piper once said, books don't change lives. Sentences do. And I think the sentence you just said is worth meditating on all week. We don't bring anything to God but our trust in him. That was powerful, JV. Not not being naked while you train. <laughs> I was kind of trying to pull us away from that. <laughs> the, uh, hey, I will say this pastorally. You know, pastorally, a lot of folks will listen to this, and, and they'll be like, you know, I, I, I've acted like a child for too many years spiritually. And so... You can beat yourself up over that. You can, you know, you can be discouraged over that. I, I, you know, I want to encourage you. The Apostle Peter once wrote that the Apostle Paul's writings were difficult to understand. So if you feel like, gosh, I'm such a child and I'm never going to understand the Bible, take heart. Take heart. One of the authors of the Bible, one of the one of the apostles said one of the other one of the other authors' writings were difficult to understand. So trust that the Lord's mercy is going to be new tomorrow. Uh, his mercy tomorrow is not for this week. It's for tomorrow. The mercy that he gave you today is only sufficient mercy to get you through today. So don't worry about tomorrow. Seek the Lord today. Trust him today. Uh, Real life, we love you guys. JV, what well, you Just got? last thing. So uh, into my community group to say this, for me to understand the tension, I said, study like a Pharisee, trust like a child. That's good. Study like a Pharisee, yeah. but trust like a child. Study with the zeal of the Pharisee, not the pride. Study with the zeal of the Pharisee. Trust like a child. Let's pray. Father, we pray in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Thank you for every single listener today. Uh, Lord, thank you that it's like we're just having coffee, talking about you today. Thank you for JV. Thank you for our church. Thank you for what you're doing. Most of all, we thank you for King Jesus. He's our hero, our everything, our brother, our Savior. And this morning, we worship him. All glory to your name, Lord Jesus. We pray in your name and for your sake. Amen. Amen. Keep it real, brother. Keep it, Jesus. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it, Jesus.